Hey, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to Life Mastery Decoded for Women and Women Entrepreneurs, where I help you decode the struggles in your life in the areas of health, wealth, and relationships with mind mastery and meditation tools and techniques so that you can live the life that you're proud of. Welcome to today's podcast. Hello, ladies. It's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. I hope today's episode finds you with all of your relationships intact and full of joy. And if your relationships are not intact and full of joy, then as always, it is my intention that today's episode gives you some inspiration to help refocus and realign those relationships. Today, we're going to be talking about the five, love, the five languages of apology. Should I say I'm sorry right now? So there's a lot to an apology. If you have ever had a relationship where someone has done something to offend you, something wrong, hurt you in some way, we always want an apology. But in this book, not only does it talk about the stages of apologies, it also talks about how we want that person to apologize. Let's talk about the relationship as a puzzle. There's two ways I like to talk about it. One is a puzzle and the other is like a bank account. The puzzle is picture a big heart, which is what it's on the front cover of this book, and it's a couple pieces, and one of the pieces is separate from the heart. And if somebody that you love or care about, or a friendship with, whatever, on any level of love, and they do something that affects you in a negative way, then we want some, something to happen that rekindles that relationship. And when I say rekindle, again, understand I mean any level of love. So this could be a mother and a child, friends, intimate relationships, whatever. That you want something to happen that just kind of puts the relationship back to where it was. But then the basis of friendships and relationships is what? Trust, right? The things that we have in common, but I trust what you say and I trust what you do and I trust that you're going to respect me or I tr- or whatever's, whatever's important to you. And when those things go wrong and that person apologizes, you expect that their behavior is going to change to some degree, right? So if you've listened to my past episodes and you remember one of my uh, many crappy relationships back in the day where the one girl that I was with cheated on me, I don't know. I pro- I prob- the ones I know of, they're probably seven times and completely ridiculous, right? Like if you are in a healthy relationship, you're probably asking why in the world would you stay in a relationship like that, right? Well, it all had to do with me and my self-esteem. Remember that relationship was for me to grow and change, not for her to grow and change. That relationship was not about me changing her, it was about me changing me. And I didn't do that, I focused on her, which then I gave up myself and I focused on her. That breakup was really, really damaging to my physical and emotional health. Like I had lost like 20 pounds in a month because when I get nervous and really highly emotional, eating is the last thing I want to do. And so when one of the, one of the longer breakups, um, where we were like, she disappeared for three days or something and I did not eat for three days and I have a high metabolism and a lot of energy and man, that was a rough, rough time. So, and 
of course, an attack on my emotional health because now I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do without her, right? It was completely ridiculous to think of it now, where I'm at now, but I had to go through that transformation and all growth requires change and all growth can be painful, but it doesn't have to be. It can be, <laughs> as we've already established in our lives, right? That if we grow on the other side of pain, we become better. Now, it doesn't ever eliminate pain, but it does put you in the driver's seat where maybe pain isn't so taking from you, where it doesn't just empty your tank. Do breakups suck? Yes. Do, does it hurt when, when people do things against what you thought or break your trust or do things that hurt you or disrespectful? Yes. But as long as it doesn't empty your tank, and then you will know what I mean if your tank's ever been emptied. I, don't, I won't have to describe that to you. So in this book, The Five Languages of Apology, this is Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas writes this book, and they're talking about what we, what, on, on one hand, what we want as the apology, and then what our language is and how we want someone to apologize. So when you talk about the puzzle or you talk about the bank account, in your relationships, you're, you're building the foundation. So think of the puzzles and it's just a small heart puzzle, right? One piece goes in, so I meet this person or um, I give birth to this person, whatever. And the relationship starts to form and you start to put the puzzle pieces together. Sometimes it's really easy and really fast and sometimes it's not. But either way, you start to put these puzzle pieces together and form this basis or this foundation that your relationship stands on, okay? Now, this puzzle, let's say it's complete, it's formed, it's 100%. So now take that same kind of analogy and, and talk about it as like a $100 in a bank account. So I literally have $100 bills in this bank account. They're both complete. The relationship is flowing, we interact well, we have a great relationship, you're my best friend or you're my best lover or you're my, my best child, whatever. And the relationship is complete and it's wonderful and it's beautiful, there's no complaints, it's great. Until something happens. Something happens, some, some sign of disrespect, some sign of uh, uh, broken trust. That person with their action, now this is just as the analogy, takes one of the puzzle pieces out of the puzzle or takes a dollar or several, depends on the action, out of the bank account. Now the puzzle isn't complete. The bank account has maybe $95 in it. With our relationships, ultimately what we want is we want to make more deposits into the relationship than withdrawals. Or we want to keep the puzzle together without keep taking pieces off. Because you take pieces off, what kind of foundation is that puzzle? Well, it's in pieces. You can't stand on it. It's in, it's, you know, I mean, you, you know what I mean? A foundation you stand on. Sometimes I use bricks and a foundation that you stand on. That's another analogy. I'm like the analogy queen. I'm the lady of the mind and the analogy queen. You can call me either one or you can call me Jen, whatever. Okay. So if in that relationship, like that relationship with that other girl that I was, that woman that I dated, um, she kept, we had 100%, $100 bills in our, in our relationship bank account. She cheated on me. It takes like 10 out. She may or may not have apologized, but however, apology for something like that, because now you're talking about trust, doesn't automatically put $10 back in. It might put a dollar back in, but now I don't trust you. 
You don't, it wasn't a mistake. You made a conscious choice and a conscious decision to sleep with somebody else and to go against our, the commitment in our relationship. And obviously it affected my trust for her. So, and to tell you the truth, it never, our relationship never got back to 100%. So now it's at, you know, uh, 91. Okay, it was at 100. So now my eyes are kind of open and I'm paying a little bit more attention and I'm a little bit more hyper alert where before I was relaxed in the relationship. So then she does it again. And it could be, I mean, we were only together four years. So how many times that I'm aware of that I know that there's seven times in the relationship of four years. So just a few months goes by and it happens again. Now our relationship's an 80 and she may or may not apologize and give her song and dance. Well, I just don't know. And I, you know, I'm having a hard time and people are suspecting that I'm gay and I don't want, I want to basically prove that I'm not. And so I go and sleep with this guy and whatever. And so that's sort of her apology. And so then now our relationship's an 81. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? What happened is she continued to take and take and take and take from the relationship from the bank account and from me because I continued to empty my tank. Sorry, Zoe wanted to get in on that podcast. So she continued to empty the tank until now I don't trust her at all. And now how do you maintain a relationship on no trust? Okay. Now, something like this, I am not condoning in a relationship. If you are currently in a relationship where there is cheating going on, I will send you all the love and all the support I can because that is brutal. But what I will tell you is not all relationships have that. There are millions of committed relationships in the world and you deserve that. You deserve love. You deserve respect. You deserve to be in a committed relationship that you can just be yourself and you can have that relaxed feeling within this perfect, committed friendship slash relationship. I have another client that I worked with briefly where her husband cheats on her. It's like once a month or some absolutely ridiculous. And I just stand and I stand there and I look at her and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's just like, well, I love him. And I said, no. I said, that is not love. I don't know what that is, but it is not love. I think it's low self-esteem. It's lack of confidence. It's lack of inner love. It's lack of, it's la it's lack of self-love for 100%. But if you are in a relationship like that, sister, let me tell you, you deserve to have the relaxed love where you get in and you're just like, this is us. We're best friends. We're built, our, our relationship is built on trust. Our relationship is built on respect. It's built on passion and friendship. And we absolutely love each other. And you've committed to each other. Now, if this is not what your goal is and this, you don't want a relationship like that, then you can you know, forget what I'm saying. But if you do, and if, if I'm speaking directly to you, if you happen to be in a relationship where your partner is cheating on you, mm, raise that self-esteem, sister. Keep listening. And I will continue to be your support. And through these podcasts, reach out to me in any way. Let's build you up so you can have confidence, you can have self-love, and you can have self-respect. And then we move on. 
because now I tell you the grass is greener because I dealt with those relationships. I dealt with one after the other after the other and they got better and better and better and better until here I am in this relationship with Amy and I am absolutely in love with my best friend. And we are both just relaxed because we're 100% committed to each other in this relationship. But we also constantly make deposits into our relationship and that is key. So now back to the apology. Reading this book really opened my eyes to understanding what, not only what I need as an apology, but what, how you apologize. So it starts out with, here's the, here's the apology language. There's five of them. So I'm just, I'm not going to read, obviously I'm not reading the book, but I will put a, a link for this book in the, in the description. Apparently the links do not work on the phone app, on the mobile app, but they do work on the desktop. So you can click a link and at least get to the book that I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, these are the five languages of apology. The first one is expressing regret. Now, when this other woman who was cheating on me, she, she, I don't think that she regretted the actual, the discovery process that she was going through to get to the point of self-acceptance that I am gay, I'm going to be in a gay relationship, but she couldn't accept that in her. She couldn't accept that about her. So she continued to try to prove to other people as well as experience and try to discover, yeah, I don't want that. But yet she kept doing it to me in this relationship. So, but her I am sorry was probably not terribly regretful. I think it was maybe regretful in that moment, but then obviously the emotions kept surfacing that I just can't do this and I can't accept myself because people don't accept me when I'm, well, there are going to be certain people that don't accept you. That's just in general, whether you're gay or straight. There are people out in the world that don't accept me. I'm okay with it because you know why? Because I accept me. I'm on this planet for a reason. I'm on this planet for a purpose. I do the very best I can to treat others with kindness and respect. I have my own issues because I've, I've got some baggage, right? We all do. I've got some experiences. And so if the stove is hot, I try not to put my hand on it again. But sometimes I do. I'm like, oh, shoot, why did I just do that, right? I mean, I'm still human. I just know a lot, but I'm still, you know, I still deal with emotions just like everybody else. And so, but with this, the first one is exp uh, expressing regret. So literally, I am sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I disrespected you. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry I um, broke our trust. Okay, the next is um, accepting responsibility. And saying something like, I was wrong. I was wrong to say that. I was wrong to do that. I wasn't thinking or I was emotionally thinking. Whatever. Okay, not, not wanting a whole load of excuses. But number three is making restitution. And this is what can I do to make it right? Usually we go through the first one and the second one and we forget the third one. Is we might say, oh, I'm sorry. I did that. That was, that was terrible of me. I was wrong. But then we don't say the next one, which is, making restitution is what can I do to make it right? Now, unfortunately, and this is for me and maybe not for you, but I don't always know what I want that person to do because, because I've been hurt so many times throughout my life, I'm not always so easy to forgive, but if they were to ask that, I don't know what I would say. So this is, this is a good book for anybody who, who has a harder time forgiving if you have a past where you've been hurt so many times, it's hard for you to trust or it's hard for you to forgive when things do go wrong. Because if you don't learn to forgive 
And I'll tell you this from personal experience, but if you don't learn to forgive, you tend to become hard. Your heart becomes harder and you don't allow people in. And that is, can definitely be a place where I go, is if somebody does something wrong, somebody that I love, somebody that is important to me and they do something wrong, I tend to shut down. I mean, I don't talk to you, I don't engage with you, I don't interact with you. And, and then I have to go through this, this, this mental emotional process um, to try to let go go and move to a space where I can forgive. What I have to do is get right to the place of don't take it personally. Now, I did create uh, another episode where I do talk about that. Um, and I think it's really important because if, it, if you are one to take things personally where everything that everyone else does is, um, is about you, then you're going to be offended all the time and you're going to need to forgive people all the time or you're going to become harder and harder and harder. That is episode five where it's, not, it's called It's Not About You. And that's all about taking, not taking things personally. Okay, so number uh, three is what can I do to make it right? Number four is genuinely repenting. I'll try not to do that again. Now, this is probably the one that means the most because you're, because you're in a relationship, you are demanding a certain type of behavior, action, respect, whatever, friendship, but you're, you're demanding certain boundaries within that relationship. And when somebody crosses those boundaries, that it can be really, it can be really disheartening. And so as you're in this relationship, because you're committed to this person and because you're creating this foundation of this relationship with this person that you love, then you are committing to a certain behavior. And sometimes we do stupid things. I'm never saying that I didn't do something stupid in a relationship where I had to ask for forgiveness or that it didn't take a withdrawal from a relationship. Totally was there, right? And, but as you're in a committed relationship, you're also committing to acting a certain way. And sometimes when you don't act the way that is expected, now, and I also will say, this should be your authentic self. I'm also not saying that you should be putting up with behavior because you're in this relationship or you should be acting a certain way that goes against who you truly are as a person or the person or the type of character you are or type of character you have. Um, but if you do, then it's about what else can I do to make it right and then really trying not to do that behavior again that hurts this relationship. And I always say, you know, like when Cameron does something at school or, you know, he does something to a teacher, he acts like a ding dong or does something. And we usually have him write an apology letter. But, and I always hate to force kids to, to do that, but we've always had this conversation with him is, do you like this relationship with this person? He says, yes, I didn't mean to do that. Okay, so what do you think you can do to try to help fix or mend that part of the relationship? And then our suggestion was you could write a letter because now you can kind of take the time to write out what you need to say because if you, go, if you go and talk to them, they might not be receiving of your information. They might be like, you know, get away from me. I don't want to ever talk to you again or something. And now you don't get to say what you need to. So I like to encourage um, letter writing because then you, you are able to release all of that stuck energy of the thing that you did wrong. But at the same time, when you are in a relationship and somebody is apologizing to you is you genuinely don't want them to do that thing again. 
right? If they cheat on you, you don't want them to cheat on you again. If they steal from you, if they lie from you, you don't want them to do that behavior again. So if the relationship is a foundation that is built on trust and friendship and love, then we all kind of agree. It's, a, it's an agreement. It's, it's an agreement of what we want our relationship to stand for, whether that is parent and child or um, intimate relationships, your friendships, your family. And if those boundaries get crossed, then that's where we have to, we have to kind of communicate. And then uh, the fifth one is requesting forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? And that is probably the hardest thing that I've had to coach also with myself, but with other clients is don't take it personal, but you, you have to kind of let this thing go. And then you decide if you want to stay in this relationship based on the thing that they did, based on the withdrawal that they made from the relationship. Do you want to stay in this relationship? Is it important enough to you? And that's only a question you can ask. Okay. Now, the one thing I do want to say is now that's kind of on the other side where someone did something wrong and now I, I want them, um, I want them to apologize or whatever, or me apologizing. If I did something wrong, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, I, uh, what can I do to make it right? Uh, and again, these are things because this relationship means so much to me. Um, what can I do to make it right? I will try not to do that again. Um, and will you please forgive me? Sometimes these mistakes happen early on in a relationship because you haven't established what those boundaries are. You haven't established. I think it's really important that you get in a relationship and you say, I, I want this to be a mon like if this is an intimate relationship. I want this to be a monogamous relationship. And they're like, oh, oh, uh, well, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. You would rather know the first weekend you were dating them than five years down the road where they're entering into another relationship. And you're like, uh, I thought this was a committed relationship. Hey, we never talked about that. Right. So part of this is us communicating those boundaries from the beginning. And that can be with your love partner, but also your kids. You know, I'm expecting that you're going to do your very best. I'm expecting that you're going to tell me the truth. I'm expecting that you're going to respect me and my things as I will to you. Now, this is not just a, I'm taking from this relationship. I'm also providing and giving to this relationship. So Amy and I get into this committed relationship. It is a monogamous relationship, right? And we have communicated that. Now, sometimes we kind of laugh about it. And laugh is, I don't mean it like that. I just mean that as you're talking, it doesn't have to be this serious conversation. We're like, okay, it's just me and you, right? You know, we say things like that. And 10 years later, we don't, we don't say, uh, we don't have to say it again, right? We can just, we can laugh about it and joke about it. But that's just because that's who we are and how we engage with each other. But if there was ever something that I said or did, and she's like, ooh, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. But that was a way of her communicating to me. I, I won't do that again, right? I won't say that again, or I won't, I won't behave in that manner again, right? Um, okay, so now that's the love language um, coming in, the, what we want that person to do if they, if they break a part of our relationship. But now the other is, for me, what do I need that person to do? So just like the five love languages, if I, if I show you love, I'm going to show you love with probably quality time because that is my, my top most um, love language. And so I'm, I want to spend quality time with you. So something that I'm interested in, something that you're interested in, trying to find that common ground together and then doing that thing as much as we can. Okay, so like I said in that episode, sitting side by side watching TV, that's not quality time to me. And if it's quality time to you, then we're not going to be in this relationship very long. Okay, so... 
So question number one, here's how finding what your love, your apology language is. What do I expect the person to do or say? So someone does something wrong, <clears throat> someone does something wrong, what do I expect them to do? I expect them to apologize, I expect them to make it right, I expect them to what? I expect them to wash the floor, clean out the cat liver, you know, so you have to kind of, uh, kind of ask yourself that question. And if you are having a hard time forgiving others or you're finding yourself getting into relationships that just are not the right kind of relationship where boundaries are being crossed left and right and it's just a matter of time before that person leaves or you kick them out or, or do something because you're like, this just isn't going to work because they're constantly crossing boundaries. These questions will help you not only to establish boundaries, but also to establish how they make those deposits back into the account the, the relationship account after something has happened. So I would suggest journaling these questions. Again, you can find this book. I'll leave a link in the description. Uh, so what do I expect? If something goes wrong, what do I expect that person to do or say? Um, the next question is, what hurts most deeply about this situation? Now, this is a really interesting one because what, what happened, what is it about this scenario or this thing that they did that hurts me so much? And mine is usually trust. You lied to me, um, which I have recently uh, um, discovered that that is also something I can't take personal when you're talking about kids. Because kids are still very self-absorbed and in that self-protecting state that I don't want to get in trouble and it's easier to lie, but they don't realize the repercussions of lying, especially as they get to be you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, and they tell you they were at the library and they weren't, they were with their girlfriend out breaking the law downtown or something, right? And so you, you want to establish this trust early and you want to do that. Now, this is getting into a parenting thing, which I may talk about later in another episode when we talk about parenting, but um, is you, you want to do your very best not to fly off the handle or punish them or give all these consequences without hearing their side because then they're more apt to tell you the truth. For me, I do get a little intense. I do get a little emotional. And so I think it's easy for Cameron to come in and, and tell me a lie to not get me all wound up or to make him look better in said scenario or whatever, you know, circumstance happened than, um, than he really was. Like, for example, um, you know, well, Brandon just told me, now I don't know if you guys know this, but Brandon is our, he's our middle son and he's currently 15. Uh, he does have autism. So he's, he's at the kind of the mentality of like, you know, it depends on what topic we're talking about or what area of his life, but he's like a five or six or seven year old. And so, and he really does not have the capacity or the capability to lie. Um, so you say, did you bite Cameron? He will say yes immediately, you know, if he did. So, and then we say, what was Cameron doing? Well, he was poking me with a stick, <laughs> you know? And so then we go back to Cameron and we're like, so what were you doing that provoked <laughs> Brandon to bite you? And he will say nothing. Well, we know what the truth is, right? It's just like that, that riddle that someone's telling the truth and someone always lies, which one, right? So um, we try to establish with Cameron that obviously if you're poking him with a stick, you're, you're making him mad. And one of the things he's going to do is either hit you or bite you. So, because he comes to us and say, hey, he bit me. Now, this, was, of course, was years ago. But anyway, but then you think, what was the thing that hurt the most 
in that relationship. They broke, the, they broke my trust. He lied to me. Okay. Well, in that situation, I can't take that personally. And the reason I say that is because he's six or because he's nine or because he's 12 and he's basically all about self-preservation. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get yelled at. I want to make Jen proud. I want to do blah, blah, blah. And so I can't, he's not like, I'm going to lie to her because of whatever other reason. There's several reasons why we lie. But if I don't take it personal, then it's all about his behavior. But it does kind of take a little bit out of the relationship. But not the same as when you're dating somebody and she cheats on you or he cheats on you. That to me is a little bit different. You're an adult. You know better. This isn't. We're in a relationship together. We have established that we're in this monogamous relationship. We've committed to each other. And you did this thing that everybody in the world knows goes against the trust in the relationship. So to me, that's a bigger chunk than if a six-year-old says, I didn't do anything and he just hit me. Okay, so figuring out that, that's question number two. What hurts most deeply about the situation? Um, the second one, I'm sorry, the third question is, what language is most important when I apologize? So like, is it about them saying, um, did, I, uh, did, I, did I say that I was sorry? Did I say I wasn't going to do it again? Um, I want them to know that I'm sorry, that I'm regretful. You know, what language is important to you when you, um, when there's an apology, okay? Um, and then the next is, I'm going to add this one is, what can they do to make it right? Now these, you might have to divide this paper or your journal into different segments is, when my son or daughter does that, what can they do to make it right? Maybe it's just enough as they give eye contact and give a hug and a kiss and really, really show their regret. That might be enough. When it's um, a husband or wife, a boyfriend, girlfriend, and they, and they apologize, what do you want them to do? Sometimes I, I might want a little bit more conversation about the thing. Like, um, you know, I'm really sorry that that happened. Here's what I was thinking. You know, better to help me to understand why you did the thing that you did, right? Why did you lie? Why did you cheat on me? Why did you do, why did you say that? You know, it's like, what were you, what were you thinking in your mind to to do that thing, like help me to understand. And if I can get to a place of understanding their perspective, I am more likely to forgive than I am if they just say, I'm sorry, and I won't do it again. So now that's me. Um, this book is, it's a great, great book. It's, um, we don't even think about this, you know, when we're, when we're little kids and uh, we do something stupid in, you know, in the classroom or to another, another student and the teacher yanks you over there and says, you need to apologize. That's not really how we should be teaching apology. You know, I, st I always start with, you know, with the boys. I always start with, you know, how important is that relationship to you? You know, do you, do you really like this person? Do you want to fix this relationship? Do you want to be friends with this person? And sometimes it's a no. Well, then I guess it doesn't really matter. No sense in forcing somebody to apologize to, to someone else, you know, unless it's just for them. And they're just going through the process of apologizing uh, for the sake of self-forgiveness, you know, are you mad about what you did? No. How do you feel about what you did? Fine. Because they did this and so I did that and I'm not sorry. Okay. Do you, do you care about the relationship? No. Okay. Well, then my thought is, and even from a coach and an energy, there's no stuck energy about it. There's no, um, and by stuck energy, sometimes when we, we harbor something in our body, we feel guilty, we feel shame, we feel, um, 
terrible about that thing, we can prevent our own energy from flowing. So do you need to forgive yourself for doing that? You know, you push the person down. Well, he called me a blank. Okay, well, how about we just forgive you for, for retaliating in that way? Yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't have pushed him down, but I was really angry. I completely understand. But when you're really angry, you can't deal with things in that way. Oh, okay. All right. So let's just, let's just write ourselves an apology letter to forgive that response. Okay. Now, if we go back a step, we go back to the beginning and say, do you, do you like this person? Yes, I do. Um, do you feel bad about what you did? Or do you feel bad that you hurt them or kicked them or knocked their stuff out of their hands or whatever? Yes, I do. Do you want to fix the relationship and kind of get it back to a state of being healthy and good and fun? Yes. Okay. So what do you want to do to, to do that, to remedy that? Well, I would like to, I would like to write them a letter or send them a card or I'm going to talk to them tomorrow on the playground. Okay, great. So anyway, all of this, when we talk about apologies is really about energy and it's about forgiving ourselves for the action that we did. It's about recognizing that this relationship is important and then doing whatever we can to make that relationship whole again as best as uh, best in our abilities. So if there if you have relationships in your life and there's ever a time that you need to apologize, I would highly recommend this book. And I will also highly recommend that you come over to the Facebook group, join our community, this is where we're all getting together, ladies. And I understand that, you know, it's one more Facebook group, but this is going to be your community for self-growth and personal development and transformation. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about women and women entrepreneurs transforming their lives and themselves to create a business or create a life that they're proud to live. So please join me. It's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind, Facebook group. We're gonna be building this community. And this is the beginning. This is now episode 19, and I am dedicated to be creating and posting a podcast every single day for the year of 2021. And it is my commitment to you to continue to give and to serve. And the only thing that I ask is that you come over to the group, post in there, let me know how these podcasts are falling. How are they, how are they doing? What information do you want to know more of? What are things that I'm doing that you hate? What are things that, that I'm doing that are great? So I would love to have that feedback. That would mean the world to me. Um, till then, stay healthy and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this episode, please take the time to like and share. Also, please visit me on my other social media pages. I'm on Instagram, Jen Mac, Lady of the Mind. I'm on Facebook, where we have this community titled Life Mastery Decoded. And it's a community of women and women entrepreneurs where we come together to support one another in sharing our successes and struggles. You can also check out my YouTube channel where I share my teachings and my personal journey. And it's simply titled Jen Mac, J-E-N-M-A-C. Have a great day and I hope to hear from you.